0: Welcome to the Mike on Much Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Vierman. I'm here with my friend and trusty producer, Max Kerman, as well as a pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham. As you know, this is one of our sort of more unique episodes. Uh, we still don't really have a name. We sort of name them something every episode. Uh, the poll on Twitter showed that freedom uh, did not quite win. <laughs> although People uh, aren't
1: happy about it. People want freedom. It's honestly a case of people voting before they had listened to the first couple episodes, and then people just lost the voting mechanism in the uh, feed and just never went back to it. I was
0: going to say that like this sort of interesting phenomenon has happened where not only are people on on sort of uh, Twitter and whatnot saying like they're calling it freedom Uh or saying, oh, we do like freedom after we've listened to that first episode, but we tend to call it that amongst ourselves. Like the name's sort of stupidly won. It is sticky. Uh, But ultimately going forward, Webbyd names the episodes based on whatever we talk about. Yeah, uh, this feels like
2: Brexit. It's like we made a vote, <laughs> <laughs> like we all came we to, to a decision. Yeah, yeah, we have to live with it. But people are like, "Can we do another Brexit vote?" Like that's what I think this is leading to. It
0: feels like code name Freedom. <laughs> yeah, but then we're gonna every call episode it. has something yeah. different. Cool. But the um, plan is to use quotes
1: like a memorable quote from every episode to name the episodes.
0: So they'll all be unique. They're all a snowflake in their own way. Right. Every podcast is unique and different. And speaking of that, yesterday uh, we had a discussion, um, and I think we're going to quickly address it off the top. So we're just going to give Shane the floor.
1: Yeah, like you, typically how we do this podcast is Max or Mike will come up with topics and we'll discuss it. Uh-huh. And even then, I'm kind of uh, struggling to, uh, to speak because I don't always have the best diction, right? Like it's not my... Uh, it's, it's not my strong suit. Whereas Mike can kind of speak on anything on the spot very well. Like Mike could give a speech and it would just be like mm-hmm. perfectly worded. But for me, sometimes I have to like really think about how I'm going to say something and if I'm really meaning what I'm saying. But if I get into a, uh, an email or something, I'm a lot better because yeah. I can actually go, no, that, that line's stupid. Take yeah. it out. Readdress it. Mm-hmm. And much like how everyone was complimenting Felicity Huffman's um, write-up, where yeah, she actually had, apology. Where she actually it. had time run it through a couple PR people, etc. Not that not that I did that, but I <laughs> did <laughs> specifically <laughs> hired Felicity's PR people <laughs>
2: after the pod. <laughs> Ten thousand dollars later. <laughs> PR
1: no, but what happened yesterday? We recorded the pod, and I was feeling. I honestly was feeling fine with it. I had a little tinge of like, oh, I'm probably going to regret some things, but you know, uh, people will. It'll blow over. The second I leave, literally, I get a message from Max, and you screen grabbed a message that we had from the previous pod, which I was fairly light on the Justin Bieber issue. Uh-huh. This
0: is what we're talking about. If, you, if this is the first episode you've listened to, we're talking about the Justin Bieber hoax where he posted on Instagram that he was pregnant and ultimately he was getting a dog.
1: And and, and my viewpoint was uh, people are being too sensitive about it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So, and you were more commenting just generally on the state of comedy as well. Of, of I, course. Related to the issue, but also... So you that was the, the, the position he took. Yeah. Of course. So that's what I said in the, the first episode. And I
1: very lightly touched on it but it it garnered two angry not angry very kind messages actually just thoughtful messages thoughtful messages kind of explaining why something like that was upsetting etc and i was like "Uh uh-oh they're really gonna hate me for the episode we just recorded because then i really doubled down and go into it and maybe didn't necessarily uh say the most sensitive things for example, there's one part that seemed to trigger some people where I said, uh, you know, everyone wants to have a child like in their likeness, which I do think is true. But I was like, if not, it sucks, but adopt. And that seems like I'm just saying, you can't have a baby, adopt one. Like, you, you know what I mean, very... Uh, flippant. Yeah, very flippant. But I just want to say I was in that exact position. I wasn't just speaking from a person who hasn't been there. My wife has lupus. I was told when when we first met... Uh, Alex, we got into a conversation about having kids, and she told me that she wasn't able to have kids or she shouldn't have kids because the doctor advised her against it. Mm-hmm. So I was seriously considering adoption before we had our kid. And then when we had our kid, we were warned, if we do attempt, it's going to be a high-risk pregnancy. Sure enough, our child tested uh, positive for uh, abnormalities, mm-hmm. and which put me through this whole thing. The whole pregnancy, I was uncertain whether my daughter was going to be a normal baby or not, you know, or typical, uh, normal childbirth. And then we were told that it was a false positive, so we were were cleared for there. And then right before my daughter was born, uh, we were told that she had a heart issue. It's called coarctation of the aorta. And this was around April. And by the way, this is when all the fucking April Fool's jokes were coming in. And all I remember is, looking at these jokes, just how it didn't matter, and I couldn't even think of anyone worrying about Kind of a joke like that when there's such bigger things going on in your life. And so when this topic came up, I was like, trust me, no one who's actually going through an issue like this is worrying about a fucking Justin Bieber joke that's misguided and not even trying to perpetuate hate. He's just trying to do a stupid joke that's been done a million times over. And I just thought, since he's Bieber and he's seen the joke a ton, he forgets that his is going to be viewed under this crazy microscope. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I, I got a bunch of messages from women just talking about how I was kind of being insensitive. But I just wanted to know. I wasn't speaking from, like, a, an outsider's perspective. I had been through that situation. So I, I sent them a message, and then I was getting more messages, more messages. I kept just copying and pasting the same message and sending it and seeing how they reacted to it. And everyone reacted very... Kindly to it, Mm -hmm. so I'm just going to read the message I sent because I'm better at distilling things when I can read it, Mm -hmm. or when I can type it out. Okay, so I usually uh, said their name off the top, but I just said I totally agree that false pregnancy that the false pregnancy gag is horrible. My wife runs mom blog and informed me that this type of joke isn't cool within the mom community. Uh, She, in fact, she sent me this attached photo uh, shortly after she listened to the episode, and the photo she attached me was a little write up on how this thing isn't cool that was sent around to her mom block. And I said, as much as I hate this joke and pretty much all April Fool style jokes, I think Bieber's intent was benign, and the outrage slash way he publicly was reprimanded was extreme for a joke that is fairly common, unfortunately. I suppose he is just being used as a conduit to get the message out into the mass public consciousness that this style of joke isn't going to fly anymore. I know that my view of people being too sensitive isn't exactly what a woman struggling with conceiving wants to hear. But for a person who is drawn to comedy, I have a natural inclination to fight slash defend free or freer speech, even when the speech kind of sucks. Obviously, this stance is going to get me in situations where I come across as a hypocrite because certain types of speech I truly believe there's no place for. To say the least, it is a tricky position to defend uh, the right to do a joke that I do not care for at all. Thank you for listening to the pod, and I hope our conversation keeps the conversation going in the right direction. And that is a direction where people are more considerate. And that's honestly the way I feel. And I didn't mean that people are being too sensitive. I just thought the people who were commenting on it weren't actually people in the situation. And they were reacting to what other people, what they presumed other people would feel. Which sometimes happens when someone's being mildly racist or joking. White people will be like, that's racist. When it's like they don't even really know. They're just assuming. Yeah. So anyway, that's my thoughts on it.
2: And we can move on. Cool. I just one more thing I'd like to yeah. add. So I think I think the context that you're providing for your personal experience is is making uh, your viewpoint uh, empathetic. So so somebody, even a mother who's had miscarriages, she'll go, "Oh, okay. This I, I understand a little bit more of where Shane's coming from, and also understand his commitment to comedy. Okay, this gives me context. I think it's also alongside we can add that um, y- you can't discount anybody's personal. Feelings or experience, too. So and, and and understanding if someone's had a miscarriage and they've had uh, and it is a triggering th- thing uh, that we have to be of sensitive it, to it's that. Like too. If
1: we had an issue where, let's say, it was about race relations and we bought, uh, brought a black person in mm-hmm. to talk about it just because they say their opinion and they happen to be black doesn't mean that is the ubiquitous yeah. thought across the platform. Yeah. And all I was giving was my opinion as someone who has been Mm -hmm. through this and not to say my opinion is right or Or universal for that community
2: or whatever. Exactly. And
1: that's all I I wanted to kind of clarify because I'm not, all we're doing this for is to give our opinions. And if it feels like we can't give our opinions because we're not qualified to talk about it, it's like, Oh, all we're doing is giving our frivolous
2: opinions, take it or leave it. And we
1: very well could be wrong.
2: Yeah. Uh, cool. We have, a, we have a f- three topics that we want to get to today. We do have
0: three <coughs> topics that which, we're going to get today. Which Mike is very
2: excited about. Especially. I'm excited about
0: a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, <laughs> well, okay, so these are the topics today. Uh, what we left on the table uh, in yesterday's episode was snc Lavlin, which yeah. we'll get to. Erica, you're very excited about this, correct?
3: Yep, <laughs> <laughs> I am. <laughs> uh,
0: the second topic uh, was going to be uh, Johnny Manziel, the football player changing his name to John Manziel, which is funny in its own right. Uh, but we're changing that. Max called an Audible this morning on text to our group. He said, that's out. We're now talking about tailgating uh, in Ontario becoming legal.
1: Ah, I wrote a whole statement about the John thing. <laughs> <can do> <laughs> Title of
0: your essay, Dirty John. Uh, so, so we maybe we can hit that at the end. But we are going to talk about tailgating within Ontario. And then the third topic, which I'm very, very excited about, mm. maybe we'll start with this, yeah. uh, is Magic Johnson uh, resigning from the Lakers. And, and I know you might be listening to so this and you're like, "Ah, eh, bro, I'm not a basketball fan, uh, I don't care. But I think this is kind of a universal story because of the way in which he did it, uh, and basically just his motivation for doing it. So, for a little bit of context, last night was the second to last night in the NBA. It was a huge night. Uh, two major players, Dwayne Wade and Dirk Nowitzki, uh, are retiring, and they both had their last home games. It was a huge sort of like moment at Dirk Nowitzki's retirement. All of the great forwards showed up: Scotty Pippen, Charles Barkley, Larry Bird. They were all there on the court to send Dirk off. It was this beautiful moment. Dwayne Wade had this magical moment. They both. Both scored 30 points in their home games. Anthony Davis, who wants to trade, literally off his team, wore a t-shirt to his game that said, that's all, folks. (laughs) So you would think this is like a huge news night in the NBA. I'm sitting there. I'm loving all of it. And then right before the Lakers play at the West Coast game late night, Magic Johnson walks out into a throng of reporters and on the spot, spontaneously Announces his resignation. He is the president of the Lakers. He'd just been hired uh, within the last couple of years. The owner of the Lakers, uh, this woman, Jeannie Buss, fired her own brother in order to implement Magic, who's a Lakers legend, into this role. Magic signed LeBron James this summer. He was supposed to sign a big free agent this next summer. He was trying to trade for Anthony Davis, who I just mentioned as That's All Folks. Uh, and he went out into this, this, this throng reporters and he just quit. And they said, have you even told your boss, Jeannie Buss? He was like, I didn't tell her because if I had to go into her office and tell her, we'd still be crying. So I'm telling you guys. So he, <laughs> he quit publicly without telling his boss. Everybody was shocked. LeBron James and his team met with Magic on Saturday. And apparently they were like, he gave us no indication. Nobody knew. It's like Magic just decided before he walked out into that, like, that press corps that that was the moment to do it.
1: Was that a clinching game they played? Like if they had won, would they have made the playoffs? No, they've been okay. out for a
0: long time. Wow. But so there's a, so there's a few things. Magic's whole whole reasoning was, listen, it's like I got a great life. <laughs> I'm Magic <laughs> Johnson. This job is really hard and there's a lot of like backstabbing and whispers and I don't like the job it's not fun for me and basically the coach Luke Walton he was going to have to fire the coach and he didn't want to fire the coach <laughs> because the owner Jeannie Buss who Magic considers a sister uh she loved Luke so it was this, it was it was causing great stress and everyone thought well he's going to fire Luke after the game tonight because Magic
1: didn't like Luke
0: Magic had philosophical differences right. in the way Luke coached exactly he said he liked Luke as a guy but obviously he didn't think he coached a team well but I guess the, the, and maybe we can speak to this is, is in a universal way. It's like, how do you guys feel about the way he quit? Meaning, like, it'd be like, it'd be like dumping somebody, like, on text. Or, like, well, somebody made the fu- – I saw this on Twitter. It's like, it's like dumping someone on text and then somebody's like, actually, it's more like standing up in a restaurant and announcing you're breaking up with the person while they're literally, like, seven tables over <laughs> and they're just kind of hearing it in front of everybody. Like, it was just – I think it was embarrassing for the Lakers. Um, but I also kind of understand Magic's position.
2: Yeah, well, Ramona Shelburne, who's a Lakers reporter, she had a good column. And Best ES- Friends with Jeannie Bus. Yeah, on ESPN.com, just talking about how Magic Johnson just has the best life, and he just wasn't ready to actually do any of the grunt work or the difficult work that uh, that it takes to be a CEO, basically. Because when you're a CEO, you have a lot of power, you have a lot of money, but you have to make a lot of really hard decisions. Like That is why you're paid the big bucks, And literally. held accountable for those decisions. Yeah, but Magic Johnson... Is probably doing the math in his head he's like I can be rich and powerful everybody loves me and everybody can just love me but I don't actually have to do any of the mean stuff that makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable because totally. he's a massively successful business guy he's like open movie theaters and he's a real like entrepreneur but um, I, and it's funny I've actually uh, th- when this is happening it kind of crossed my mind sometimes I'm like oh maybe after the band like I'd want to like you know run a company or you know or some people sometimes go max you should be a politician and it's like when you on, on on, the surface, it sounds like, a, oh, it's kind of cool. Just like more center of attention kind of stuff. And, <laughs> you know, I just get to be a bigwig. But then you go, no, actually, those jobs are so hard. And people have it so tough. When, and I'm like, no, I think being the singer of a rock band is actually the best job yeah then that's basically what magic johnson's got to do for the last for his whole life basically. i actually <laughs> thought of you when magic was giving this <laughs> speech
0: a hundred percent i was like this <laughs> yeah. reminds me so much of like max like biting off more than he can chew uh-huh. and then but, but
2: i wouldn't bite off that
0: i'm i'm I pragmatic so. enough to mm-hmm.
2: know that i wouldn't get myself in a situation where i'd end up embarrassing myself that's where magic screws up because magic's done this before he signed up to coach the lakers and then he just quit because his
0: own tv show called the magic hour and
2: then he just quit because it wasn't going and so he, well with bill simmons he was on a show too yeah. and Countdown. quit. Yeah, and then he just quit. Yeah, see,
0: I'm I'm not that irresponsible. So here's here's where I when <laughs> I was looking at magic and I was watching him give that speech and just quit. Also, like it was just a bad look. Did you guys watch the speech? No, I didn't know it was available to the public. At one point, too, he's like, uh, so they're like, does genie know? He's like, nah, nah. He's like, I was just in a meeting. He's like, and people keep coming up to me and asking me what the plans for this summer are. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to be here. It's like he was doing like stand up. It was so bizarre and honest and real and you could tell magic just like a weight was lifted off him because he yeah. probably felt trapped for a long time and I guess I guess I related to magic on, on this or I guess I felt um, envious of magic there's times where I've gotten into things like where I've agreed to do whatever like you know host it host something or not not this pod specifically but like you know like or you know you will agree to do things whether it's like oh I'll cut a video for you yeah, it's or a few I'll months in the future exactly you're like, and because someone it. asks you you're a nice guy and you agree to do it and then and then it's like <laughs> oh man It's going to be a lot of work, but I agreed to do it. I'm going to stick it out till the end and blah, blah, blah. And it sort of like disrupts your life in a way that is more stressful than maybe the reward. So when I was watching Magic, I was like, shit, if I were Magic, I would have stayed in that thing because of my loyalty to Genie. I would have been like, I said I'm going to do this, that my contracts, whatever Magic's contract was, like, I'm going to fulfill it. But there's something almost honest and refreshing that Magic's like... I'm not good at this job, <laughs> and I'm out of here. And so it's like, even though I think he probably should have gone into Genie Buss' office, uh-huh. she released a statement, too, being like, we love magic and wish him the best. But apparently she was, like, crushed, and they're all, like, really disappointed. It, it in kind of reminded me
2: of a Trump move, though, in holding these impromptu press conferences. Because typically when presidents have to, like, make an announcement, they hold, like, an official... Conference, what, like uh, press conference at the White House. Yeah, Trump just does all of his interviews as he's walking from the to plane the helicopter, to, the whi- yeah. to the helicopter. He's always like yelling into the camera, and then he'll say something that's actually really important. He's like, "Yeah, we're pulling out all the troops." <laughs> 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 and people are like, "Did he just say he's pulling out all the troops? Like, or they're cutting aid to Mexico?" He does it in a very informal way, and I wonder if Magic Johnson like took a page from from, from yeah. Trump. I just it felt think he, like was, he was just scared to to well, face someone. Well, I mean, Trump is scared liked... too. Trump doesn't yeah. want to. Uh, have to do anything official or make any hard decisions. Trump always backs out on all of his hard decisions. But
0: but but mm. it's almost like Trump versus like an existential, like the people or the yeah. press or whatever. Shane, you bring up an interesting point. You think he was just scared to go in and talk to Jeannie? Of, co-
1: of course. No, just, nothing, just breaking up is nothing, the hardest thing. Nothing's scarier than asking for a raise or wanting to quit or saying you're moving on, you want to avoid it. Like everything, everyone would just send an email or call in sick and <laughs> yeah, everyone wants to, but, uh, I remember I, w- I saw the movie, uh, we bought a zoo and, uh, yeah. and the, there's a part when the kid's going to do something hard or something. And Matt Damon's like, all it takes is seven seconds of courage and then it's over. And that's, I always remember that. Like anytime I'm like- doing something hard, I'm like, I just got to walk into the boss office and just, Say it, you know, because I've been in a position where I, I've asked to be promoted and stuff. And it's like not something I wanted to do, mm-hmm. but I was just like, <sighs> and then I walk in nervous as hell, ask for it. And then it's a huge weight off your shoulders. I think what Magic did is very aspirational. It's the whole like, <laughs> it's, it's the whole lottery thing. It's like, hey, I'm rich. I'm out. Bye. Yeah. I can do whatever I want. And my life's good. And the only thing that people are shitting on him for, I think, is not talking to his good friend because... We all have good friends. We're like, oh, if a friend kind of betrayed us like that, we wouldn't like it. Mm -hmm. But if he was like, listen, I went out for drinks with Jeannie. We had a rip run time. And at the end, I came clean. And he's just like, I cried on her shoulder all night. I've been up all night. This is killing me to do this. But my life's been hell. Everyone would give a standing ovation. It's because he betrayed a friend that people are kind of shitting on him. Mm -hmm. That's true. And he does seem like a sketch bag like he has a pattern <laughs> he has a pattern of doing this this yeah. isn't his first rodeo and yeah. doing this move uh-huh.
0: yeah yeah he commits and then he bails but the lakers are uh, yeah it's it's going to be an interesting time going forward i'm so fascinated to what lebron thinks and when he said like about the whispering and like sort of like the backroom dealing I wondered if he was specifically talking about LeBron and their camp and the Anthony Davis stuff and then having to trade the young guys. Like there's so much sort of like NBA minutia that I'm interested in that it probably isn't as, as well. Well think
1: about think. Kawhi when or sorry, Masai. Yeah. When he acquired Kawhi and traded DeMar. Yeah. Think of all the shit talk he had to endure. You need thick skin. Even oh, like a move time. that I think universally now was considered to be a great move. He he had to go get through that fire, and not everyone's equipped to do that especially you know magic's name is magic he's yeah. always smiling he's not like his really...
0: brand is being likable exactly yeah, and successful too yeah
2: it's like literally he won the high school championship he won the, the ncaa championship he won five nba, NBA championships yeah. and things then, have always his things name, have always sort of worked out for yeah. him for the most part um, like magic yeah like yeah. magic and, and when and, they don't and he yeah well and he's also one of the most successful like oh, black yes. entrepreneurs in america like he's really he's like a billionaire basically and so it is funny when these guys who are so used to success stumble, you know. Yeah. And, and this year
0: has been a disaster yeah. for the Lakers. It is a bad look on him. So but it's just I don't know like I just feel like we also sort of teach I guess our children as a society that like qu- quitting is the easy thing to do. Like it's like I I've seen this We sort of teach mix- our children that well, meaning like it, it's the wrong thing to do. Like, you know, it's the old Michael Caine thing to quote movies from The Weatherman yeah. where it's like, have you ever noticed that the, the right thing to do and the hard thing to do are usually the same thing? Do it thing? in the <laughs> accent. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do you, it. You, you can listen back to the churches episode no, do if you want right to hear right right. my accent. Do it. Have you ever noticed? <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> the, the hard thing to do and the right thing to do are usually the same thing. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> no, I can't. That, that, was good. Good. that was good. That was good. That was oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Do we get uh, that, Erica? Yeah. Oh, we work. got that on the old yeah. social medias. Okay. So, but anyway, like, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to get at is this. It's like, it's like nobody likes a quitter. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? The right thing to do is to stick it out. We talk about this with marriage. We talk about this, like, with friendship. When things get, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Yeah. This is sort of the way we teach each other, sort of universally in this society. But I, all I see is everybody celebrating magic, like, piecing out. And I think we've entered this era now where I think the public thinking has shifted. And I know people blame, like, millennials and all that. I'm not blaming uh, the millennials. Do you guys get a lot of blame, you feel like? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like the idea that you no one sticks with anything anymore. I don't necessarily I think that's true. I think that we can no longer sort of like we have like an attention deficit as like a society. So it's like if you don't like your job, you move on. And I know that the older generation feels in a lot of ways that that's like um, a sign of like a failing. Right. Like they go like, well, in my day, like I would stick with my job or I would stick with the marriage, whatever, or relationship. And even though it's hard. I don't know if that's necessarily the right thing. I think people are like, life is short. I want to be happy. So if I'm in a bad job, I would move on. What do you, what's your thinking on sort of that outlook?
3: Sorry, can you repeat the question? Oh, no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to the next subject.
1: <laughs> but uh, I, was, I was just going to say the slogan for kind of millennials is, and I am a millennial if I'm being honest. I don't think is,
3: I'm even a millennial. Really? I think you guys are and I'm not. Yeah,
2: th- you're the next generation.
1: I'm the so. last year of being a millennial. Yeah, you might be called or the first year different. What? Oh, the first Boy year, I ever. guess. Yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah. But I was just going to say our slogan is live your best life. Mm. <laughs> <Is> <laughs> our it? slogan. Who said it? <laughs> <her what>? fault? <laughs> you don't think that's the slogan, live your best life? He's living his best life. Live your best life. You don't see that?
2: That's uh, no, also the that's uh, slogan oh. on the Ontario <laughs> <laughs> license plates. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, there is an update on that. There yeah. is, yeah. Ooh, yeah. You know, I was actually thinking we should uh, put this in our text group, uh, maybe a correction segment because I think we get stuff wrong a lot. And so we should have maybe at the end of every week or, or some point in one of the episodes that where we get where we correct ourselves
1: like dak shepherds yeah podcast. exactly right. and yeah. a lot of podcasts do that yeah. so right
2: because because we said that everybody's license plate was going to be changing to open for business well
0: someone had reported yeah. that basically it's like the commercial plates were but that was like a test balloon because it was actually the plan was to do it on all the plates but they were seeing the reaction to the commercial plates yeah again like that had been reported so yeah, but now there's a new report saying that it's going to be... No, it is going to be... The, it's good. So the commercial plates will be uh, open for business. Uh, the personal plates will be yours to discover. No, it's something new. Oh, wait, yeah. that's the old thing. It's saying. it's a It's... A, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a, shit, I just it's saw
2: something this. something really innocuous. Yeah. It's
0: from the song, Ontario, uh, A Place to Grow.
2: A Place yeah. to yeah. Grow. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. not bad. It's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. But I, But it's not that much better than yours to discover. I don't know why we have to change it.
0: Well, it's still, tied into, it's still tied into business, right? Yeah. It's like it's a place that you can... Oh. And it's that, like a double see, entendre, too.
2: It's like you can grow personally
1: and we can grow a lot of uh, crops Money. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Fair
0: enough. Yeah. Uh, all Sorry, right, what's next? I want to get your thought, though, just before we move on. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there is something to the old school mentality that you stick things out even if they're tough for the long haul? Or do you think that if shit gets difficult, you keep it moving?
2: Oh, I know I joke about relating to magic johnson and and i do on a certain level but the people that are most uh, inspirational to me are the people that tough it out obviously it's like you know barack obama is like literally my hero and barack obama would never leave uh you know a situation like that <laughs> but speaking of which <laughs> uh, last night uh, I, was, I was with lauren and i don't know how it came up but we we talked about uh draft dodging <laughs> sure sure <laughs> and um she goes, oh Max, you definitely be a draft dodger, <laughs> of course.
3: And then she what goes, is draft dodging. Okay, <laughs> for the younger generation. <laughs> what is it? What is it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so there's this thing called the Vietnam War, and uh, I heard of it. <laughs> yeah, uh, Good morning, Vietnam. War. <laughs> yeah, that's a Bob Williams movie. Um, so essentially, basically, for like any war, whenever there's like a conscription, like they, you need to you, basically if enough people don't sign up when we're at war to be in the army you get drafted. And so right. men of a certain age between like 18 and 32 or I don't even know what the ages are, you have to go. And like anything in society, there's all these loopholes to get out of it. So instead of being sent over to Vietnam to fight somebody else's war, right. you could have bone spurs if in your sick. feet, exactly. And or if you're I think if you're in college, you could get out if you're like a student. So uh-huh. a lot of like people, wealthy people like Trump you know, you just find the right doctor that says, oh, he has bone spurs. Mm. And so he dodges the draft. But I mean, a lot of politicians have been draft <laughs> yeah. dodgers Because basically, there's like the Creedence Clearwater song, you know, Fortunate Son is like, I'm not no fortunate one. I'm not, a, you know, a, a, is it a politician's son? I'm not, I'm not quoting it right. Yeah. But basically, it's all about the idea that, like, if you have the means, you can get out of going to fight. But it's interestingly, so I was
1: just going to say, Cassius Clay publicly admitted he was draft dodging. Muhammad and they, Ali. Muhammad, he changed his name to Muhammad Ali. And he had but, to serve
0: jail time. Whoa,
1: that's the story. Yeah. So uh, it was
3: illegal to like fake that. Yeah. Yeah. But he,
1: he owned it. He could have easily faked it, but he chose not to, to do a stance. And he was like, I got no problem with them. I'm not going to kill people who, ain't, who I ain't got no problem with. He had a bigger problem with people in his own country. than you know, he had the them. famous line yeah.
0: where he's like, like, no, no one from Vietnam ever called me the N word. Yeah, basically oh. like so it's but, like I'm gonna go over yeah, and fight yeah. these guys when there's so he willfully very publicly said I refuse to fight To make an example and they put him in jail And all I wonder stuff. if the
1: internet Just, had existed back then if he would have changed his stance I'm so I'm sure he would have got some Twitter hate
2: from people of, all around the world
1: <laughs> So <laughs> so Lauren
2: goes um all right, let's go through the Champagne Boys. Who would draft dodge and who would serve? Interesting. She, and then she goes, she goes, okay, Jug would definitely serve. Sean would serve. Julian would definitely serve.
1: Oh, my God. She's so wrong on she, Sean. You know,
2: she goes, Mike wouldn't serve. He'd wow. draft dodge. Shane, he'd draft dodge. Uh, the Nut would definitely draft dodge. Uh, Greg would draft dodge. Uh, Matt would be like a conscious – Anyway, basically everybody who's
0: involved in the pod First is a draft <laughs> First yeah. of all – I wouldn't serve on principle, like Muhammad Ali. Yes, <laughs> first of all, I am a man of motherfucking principle. Thank you, Lauren, very much. <laughs> Secondly, I'm not a man of means. Uh, I, I, I do agree with Sean. I agree with Shane. I, I I don't. I think Sean would find every way to get out. Sha- here's what Sean would stuff, say: He though. was
1: gonna do it. Oh,
0: he's and then a history. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs>
1: John would be like, I'm absolutely going to do it. I'm going to fight for my country. And then he would find... He'd be like, I pulled a hammy. I pulled a hammy.
3: <laughs>
1: Don't play soccer before the draft, I'll tell you that
3: much.
0: Oh, man. Uh, okay, anyway. Um. And I would fight depending on the type of war. If people were invading Canada or I felt like it was a just cause, mm. like, sure. You'd kill a man. I would kill a man under the right circumstances. No. I mean... <laughs> Really? Listen, I am. I am. I am the biggest pacifist. Like I have like ever since I was a kid, I I just like I hate conflict. I hate bar fights. I just hate all of that fucking buffoonery. So I I despise violence. But like, do I think that there could be a circumstance like, you know what I mean? Like in the world in which like we would have to actually like bear Mm -hmm. arms. Potentially. Do you know what I mean? But I'm not yeah. going to go to Vietnam to fight or like Iraq to fight some like sort of like political war like where I don't even understand the motives. But mm-hmm. yeah. I guess that's what well, I'm saying. Yeah.
1: I think all people who aren't tough despise violence. Like
0: I'm speaking for myself. Too. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: If you can't fight and you're a weakling. Exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. No, then, well, uh, I think
2: that's kind of where Lauren probably got a rationale from. Sure. Yeah. Because like none of us are tough. But Sean did. But, did, but, t- but, but Jug is like. Uh, no, Jug is kind of tough. I think. You need to
0: start hanging with more tough guys.
2: Yeah. Oh, (laughs) none of us are really tough, though. Think about the people in our group. It's true. Yeah, none of us are. Yeah. Dan Hamilton's probably tough.
0: He's strong,
1: he's but not I'm not. Oh, I'm not, not I don't know if Dan's he'd be willing baby. to yeah. fight. Yeah. But once to defend Sean a little bit, Mike and I were being chased by some uh, street hooligans in Amsterdam <laughs> once. This is a fact. And Sean Dawson came to our rescue and punched both of them in the face <laughs> so we could
2: hop in a cab. <laughs> Sean did. is uh, sneakily good at like a good bar fight. He has long arms him. and yeah. he's he's strong yeah. and he's willing to fight. I've seen it. I've he seen. He also it. has yeah. an alpha
0: male quality to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, before our listeners Like who's
2: Sean Sean's <laughs> <laughs> a realtor In Hamilton Yeah <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> Yeah he needs A new realtor name Like it's sort of like um, Playing on this toughness yeah. yeah Get you the lowest prices And defend you in a bar
2: Yeah there
0: you go He uh, he did He did He defended us So we were able to Jump in the back of the cab Uh yeah, he's and he's then
1: stupidly good. I started uh, making fun of the cab driver. I was like, because I was kind of drunk, I was like, "Who, who taught you how to drive?" or something <laughs> like that. And the cab driver stopped the car. He goes, "Get out!" And oh, so after,
2: after we got away, but from the, the guys hooligans. are
0: still within running distance of us. <gasps> They're
1: still coming down to get the car. I go, "Go, go!" I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> and
0: then he books it, so we got away from the hooligans. Oh man, hey, we're pacifists, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was hilarious. Yeah, good times.
2: Uh, what's next on the agenda?
0: Tailgating. Tailgating. Yeah. Okay. So in the uh, so tailgating at the at, at this point in Ontario is uh, is illegal. You can't drink in parking lots before uh, sporting events. I guess the uh, the Ford government has decided to uh, present a bill by which this would now be legal, and we can all get into uh, parking lots and we can drink before TFC games, Raptors games, Leaf games. Uh, it seems Erica is literally nodding her head vigorously. Yeah. Right Erica now. texted in the group chat. Yeah, you said say? that
1: headline makes me giddy in our group yeah. chat.
3: Yeah. I love tailgating. <laughs> it's so fun. And I'm a big fan of like roadie beers. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, bring a beer in the Uber. Maybe I shouldn't say this. I don't no, know. No, that's, that's fine. Or cool. like it. bring a beer like on the subway, like to get to the place. That and is fun. Everything. Bring a beer to church. It's fun. Yeah. Like I'm all about this. I love tailgating. I went to a Buffalo Bills game in the fall. It's a great time. So much fun.
0: Yeah. A lot of so tailgating. you're
1: about drinking yeah. and driving as long as you're not the driver.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Right. Yeah. I will say so. I so I feel like I've always kind of been like it, it annoys me that uh, we're, we've always been in a bit of like a, a nanny state. Like it's like it's like it used to bother me a lot that I couldn't like leave my home with a can of beer. Walk to the bar And then throw the beer out At the like bar the That's what I'm saying That's what I'm saying Like or, in Vegas Or in Detroit Exactly like, Yeah, yeah. So like, I don't think we I, don't I, I, don't it I think we just Man, did it Where where were we Where you could just Walk around
1: with the beer Vegas you can do that Oh I thought we were in Detroit In in drunk <laughs> <laughs> I, I was pretty drunk <laughs> I thought Detroit had
0: a lot of casinos. Like, you can get in the cab in Vegas with your giant can of beer. Like, there's no rules in Vegas. It's kind of like adult uh, amusement park. Also, if you're
2: in, like, Hamburg or Berlin or Munich, people are having a beer on their walk home from work in a very civilized way, as if they're holding a cup of coffee.
0: So it would be fine if we got there and there wasn't that kind of regulations. I also understand why it's there, people. It only takes, like, a couple jerks to, like, get publicly intoxicated, litter the streets. I get it. So it's like, you know, I understand why they do it. The tailgate thing is interesting to me because – it's kind of bullshit. Like, I don't think you can go to those parking lots with your cooler and drink your own oh, beers. Oh, they're going to start selling beer It's outside. licensed to sell yeah. beers in the parking lot. Because uh, people are
1: doing it anyway. So it's they're like, a, we might as well exactly.
0: monetize it. Exactly. So basically... Not it's tailgating like, in the tra- traditional sense No. Of like, tailgating is like, you bring your barbecue, you bring your case of yeah. beer. I, I think that if you go to Maple Leaf Square to drink, like before Leafs game... There'll be a little gated thing, and they'll have a license that they applied for, and you can buy beers from them in the
1: parking lot. Yeah, so this thing that yeah. was kind of fun and sneaky, but in kind of like a way you could get away with it,
2: now is turning into like a disneyland Yeah, turn Yeah, it, turned, it was a DIY thing, because the thing yeah, about going to a tailgate cheap. at an NFL game is that you bring a barbecue, you bring your sausages, you bring beer, and, Which is dirt cheap compared yeah. to what they're selling yeah. in the arena. Yeah, exactly. Actually, you know, um, Mike D went to a NASCAR race, and basically- the rules on bringing in liquor into uh, the race car track area is like you can you can only bring in as many you can fit under your chair or something. So it's like people are just like cramming as many beers like underneath their car chair. as wow. they can. Or it's, it's some like funny old-timey rule. Um, yeah, but it, you're right. It is more of a nanny state in that sense. It's I wonder a, if you Ontario, can smoke yeah. weed in these uh, tailgate parties. Mm.
1: Well, the, yeah, I mean – that's, you can that's, smoke that's weed anywhere now. That's what we're all figuring can out. Can you? Because you can't smoke cigarettes. Like, I couldn't just light a cigarette in here.
3: Well, not inside. No. Yeah. But I mean,
1: me I have to be 20 feet away from my building if I, I don't smoke. But if I was <laughs> to start, uh, I'd have to be like 20 feet away from the building to smoke. And I wonder if in the parking lot, they're going to make it a rule you can't smoke.
0: Speaking of weed, Seth Rogen uh, started a weed company. Oh. I noticed that.
1: Yeah. He started sending very interesting packages around to influencers and I follow a couple of them and they were just like, what the fuck is this? And they were opening records and each record was named after a um, strain of weed. Mm -hmm. A record would be called Sativa or whatever they're called. And then apparently the idea is you smoke it and you listen to the album and he gives you like this old school cassette tape that if you can find a VCR, it plays something cool on it. And then he gives you like a USB that has all this these cool materials cool, on it. Well, it's an interesting yeah.
0: business play because obviously it's legal now in Canada. So he can start his company here and if it inevitably gets legalized in the States, and maybe that's still a decade away, maybe it never happens, maybe it's a year away. He'll have established a company here, a supply chain distribution, and then he's famous and part of his brand, I think, is like weed. Stoner dude. Stoner dude. So it's like Seth Rogen's weed company, if they can ever distribute it. I just... I, It seems like a very smart, savvy monetary play.
2: Hey, back to the uh, tailgating thing for a second. Yeah. I think it's such a savvy move on the Ford government because it's the thing that everybody kind of agrees on. No one really hates tailgating. It's it's, like politically speaking. It's a move that appeals to everybody. And it's one of those kinds of moves that I wish the liberals would have done. I guess they put beer in grocery stores. Yeah. But um, something to appeal... Uh, more to just like common sense ideas, as opposed to like high level policy ideas, which most people don't understand or
0: follow, or just think they're being taxed at a higher rate. Yeah. Um, well, they're good at they're. It would seem kind of like the like Trump. Yeah. They're good at um, sort of uh, winning the headline, whether yeah. it's buck a beer or like. The that gas, kind of everything's like, about. Yeah. beer, though, right. <laughs> well, they, they understand the common man in Ontario. Yeah. Eric has never been happier. She's voting conservative. next election. Uh, <laughs> the, I'm just kidding. I have no idea what vote. Uh, the um, so I but the thing is, actually, if you read that article that you sent out, Max, that we all mm-hmm. read about it. Did you see that a lot of people are suspicious even about the announcement timing? Because there's like, there's basically like, did you read the article or did you just send it? Uh, I, I thought I read it, but what did they say?
2: <laughs> Maybe not.
0: Basically, people are, people are like, oh, it's interesting that this announcement about a potential tailgate is coming because they're making like more cuts to teachers and all that. Basically, uh, they're oh, doing sure. something over here with their left hand while they're like sort of blinking over here with their right hand. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, tailgates? <laughs> and then they, they don't. Me. Yeah. <laughs> I fell
3: for it. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> anyway, fascinating stuff. But I'm all for like, I guess, looser regulations when it comes to adults making decisions about uh, what they can do yep. in their free time.
1: So overall you like this idea Mike for tailgating? Yeah.
0: Uh, I mean, I guess from a business proposition, if people want to if people want to apply for a license and sell alcohol and people want to pay for it, sure. Mm-hmm. It's a, you know, it's a free I country. I wonder if
1: people will still sneak in their own alcohol. I don't think it's a tailgate thing. I'm going to try. Let me say yeah. that.
0: If, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this will go in the corrections. But I, it's not a tailgate to me if they're selling alcohol. If you have to buy their alcohol in there for you know ten dollars. So a, a, a tailgate's
1: pint. like uh, it has to have that illegal air to it.
0: You're allowed to bring your own case of beer and your own meat. Uh, legally, you're you're, it's, allowed. It's you're like legally allowed your to in a tailgate. It's a oh, so B I O B in the states. People. Yeah, in the states, when you go to the the, the parking lot of the Buffalo Bills stadium, you bring your two 4 You're allowed to. do And in that. Canada, that was legal. Yeah, you'll get fined. Ah. Cool. Yeah, it's like drinking in Bellwoods, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So but to me a tailgate is like you can bring your own cheap beer and get hammered and then go into the game. And you
1: do get fined in Bellwoods. Just You do. Oh, like I know. That. Yeah. That's what I'm saying.
0: Okay. Yeah. You do? Yeah. Well, you can. You yes. can. They're kind of loose, but they they'll go around and they'll hit you up. Next topic, please. Yeah. yeah. All right. What are we going on to? Max, do we want to hit second. Speaking of politics, <laughs> we're kind of on third, right? <laughs> are we on 3? Yes, yeah. we did Magic. We did uh tailgates and now we are in the political realm snc
2: lavalin let's wrap it up with this one take it away erica <laughs> this is where all our listeners I'm just go i'm good
0: yeah <laughs> or do I you know, just want to like...
2: talk about the uh, johnny and manzo is that <laughs> more fun <laughs>
0: no let's do no you uh, this is erica's time to shine and we okay. could still call on
2: johnny at the end if erica yeah, let's do it bombs here
3: S- i might I, okay well i don't like how greg set me up to be this like snc lavalin expert like i don't know <laughs> This is where I'm worried, because I'm worried I'm going to say something I factually I just want know, because
1: I'm
2: very not into this at
1: all. Yeah, the reason
2: why I thought it would be interesting to talk about this is that there is a part of the population that is consumed by politics and knows a lot about it, and is probably tired of it by now. And then there's this whole other fragment of uh, the population, like yourself. I like buck a beer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm political to some extent. <laughs> <laughs> I love tailgate. Um, who have no clue what it is. And I have just been like seeing this headline over and over every single day.
1: What's the fancy word you call me for uh, dumb layman? Code? Layman, yes.
2: <laughs> so I'm the layman here. So I need to be explained exactly what this is. Yeah. Okay.
1: How
0: a, so? How
2: this much is more of an know? explainer for people who haven't been following it.
0: Yeah, quick yeah. explainer, and then we I guess we can get into what you want to talk about, Max. With I it. don't even remember what I wanted to talk mm-hmm. about. Okay. Yeah.
3: Well, okay. So SNC Lavalin is an engineering company in Canada.
2: So is SNC an acronym?
3: Yeah. yeah, I don't know what
2: it's stands okay. for. So. SNC-Lavalin, like, <laughs> right? Yeah. I believe. If you're actually on uh, the 427 heading up uh, north from the QEW, there's a big SNC-Lavalin building that I just okay. noticed the other day. Yeah. It.
3: They're a really big company. They employ almost 9,000 Canadians. And they've been wrapped up in all this, like, legal stuff. Um, I'm not exactly sure what it's about. It has something to do with business that they've done in, like, Yemen or something.
0: Like contracts.
3: Contracts, yeah. Um, and... Pretty much there's this woman, Jody Wilson-Raybould, who was the former um, uh, attorney general. And in Canada, if you're the attorney general, you're also the justice minister. So you're a member of like Trudeau's cabinet, handpicked by him. So she was sort of in charge of this whole um, lawsuit involving SNC. and then... She was trying to
2: prosecute them. Yeah. yeah, Yeah.
3: Earlier this year, she got shuffled out of that position. No one really batted an eye. And she got shuffled to um, Veterans Affairs, which I guess is sort of, like, unspokenly a bit of a demotion, going from, like, Justice Minister to Veterans right. Affairs. Um, and then, like, early February, it came out that the reason why she got shuffled is because um, she was, like, f- she said that she was facing pressure by, like, ten different members of, like, the PMO. And Prime Minister's pr- office? The Prime Minister's office. And, um, yeah. And then this sort of like dismantling of his cabinet happened she um, the pressure
0: was based on the investigation or the prosecution of essa mm-hmm.
3: yeah of, of snc K- lavalin which is also they're based out of uh quebec i think they're based out of montreal which is like where trudeau is from he has a large like voter population there and um yeah
2: yeah I, so I, we're at. The, the um to add to uh, erica's uh retelling So, SNC-Lavalin was bidding on contracts to build in Yemen or... Was it uh, Libya, maybe?
0: Yeah.
2: And... Uh, they were bribing politicians there, which you're not allowed to do. Or Canadians uh, have rules against bribing international politicians to get the isn't contracts. bribing at all illegal, like anywhere with every.
0: Yeah. Well, some people call it lobbying. Like there's like okay. there's ways
1: around. It's like donating to a school is a way to get around getting your kid in instead of flat out giving
0: them the cash. The rules are different everywhere, right? Gotcha. But we have a specific, I, I guess, set of ethics within our country, meaning you can't operate a certain way. Even if it's you know what I mean, international. Yeah, gotcha. and if you get caught doing
2: that, you will you're going to be prosecuted by this uh, by what's her name again?
3: Uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould.
2: Yeah, and so basically, the Liberal government was like, "Hey, can you not do that, or can you not really put down the hammer on these guys because they employ nine thousand people, uh, they, they they employ a lot of Canadians, and also uh, they've supported our campaign in the past, and so and the- they
3: were going to be banned from um, bidding on federal projects in Canada for ten years, so yeah. that would obviously it could found guilty into so
0: business. Their, their business would have been fucked for yeah. 10 years, a decade
2: yeah oh, okay. so it's a very canadian uh scandal i think in that it's like
0: well the implication is basically that the prime minister flexed his muscle in order to make this investigation go away it sounds like
1: an american scandal to me like where something like uh it's juicy. trump would do like like, I find hey, Trump make this would be like a
2: little more egregious and to the point he'd be like, all events are held at the Trump Hotel. There's like a direct line A to B. This is a little bit more subtle, so that's why I thought it was worth Well, I
0: mean, that. I guess the question is it's like the conservatives are using this as like a battering ram to basically like get him out of office. They're saying, look at this guy. He's crooked. Your beloved Justin Trudeau is...
3: Well, within a just- week, Shear was like calling him to resign. Yeah. He-
0: He's just as dirty as the rest of them and all of that stuff. And I guess like on its face without... You know, and I I readily admit I don't know all the nuance of the case or anything like that. I just know that it looks bad, ostensibly, it's like it does seem like there was pressure if you removed the sort of like the attorney general from the situation. She's also
2: indigenous too, so there's that dynamic of Trudeau not keeping his word to the indigenous community for a bunch of other things. Mm -hmm. And And, women and women she's a woman so Uh. people are
3: also saying, like, would this have happened if she was a man? Like, did they only pressure her because she was a woman? And then
2: Yeah, so there's like Four different
3: uh, lenses you yeah, could like look at can it do with.
0: the thing through. Interesting. So, what's the take then? Is it that is that is that Trudeau's dirty? Is it that people should like? Do we think he'll be voted out because of this scandal, which is obviously very um, prominent?
2: Yeah. When I first heard about it, I didn't find um, it to be. Maybe this is ignorant of me, but. That offensive, uh, the, the crime itself, because I just assumed everybody was bribing people in the Middle East. And that would I know, probably be their argument, too. Yeah, and and I know as Canadians we should hold ourselves to a higher ethic. And uh, Peter Rosenthal, uh, who's the subject of Song for Pete, Little Rain, Kell's material, he wrote a big uh, op-ed in... Uh, now magazine this week, which I uh recommend that you check out, which is basically like Trudeau should be in jail. I know our friend mm-hmm. Dan Hamilton also thinks Trudeau should be uh kicked out, he's a terrible prime minister. I was getting texts last night about it. Um, but uh, I like that
0: Dan drunk texts fucking Canadian political <laughs> hot takes. Actually, it was from your brother, and he was like, Dan thinks he's just as bad as Harper, which is was, was pretty uh, so Dan was so drunk that my brother was
2: texting his hot takes <laughs> yes. for him. Send this to Max, <laughs> um, but um. Yeah, what is the take? What's your take?
0: I don't I don't like I mean, listen, like I th- I th- I don't know enough about this to speak on it in in a way that I would feel comfortable being like this is my definitive uh-huh. opinion. But I will say in a very loose and sort of like outside way that I believe in the same rules for for all. So mm-hmm. it's like if Trudeau acted unethically and he absolutely like put his thumb on the scale of justice to try and like ease things for, you know, his comrades and his sort of like something that would be advantageous for him, then he should be he should face the consequences. That being said, I'm not so naive to not think that, like, bad actors are getting away with shit all the time. And sometimes I feel like people that are, like, liberal or um, are on the left tend to play by the rules and they get burned for it. Yeah. So it's like somebody like, you know, I, I just constantly see these things where it's like, you know, if, if you're on the right and then they say, you've, you've done something wrong and here's the proof. They'll go, Yep and I'm not stepping down, (laughs) and then on the left, they'll be like, you've done something wrong, here's the proof, and they go, you know what, you're right, I've got to step down, and everyone on the right goes, these (laughs) fucking idiots, they actually did it, and it's just, like, I keep seeing, sort of, like, um, the behavior of, like, kind of, like, uh, um, not really giving in, sticking Mm -hmm. to your guns, being rewarded, regardless of the situation, so in a vacuum, yeah, if, if Trudeau absolutely, like, you know, was a bad actor, then
1: fuck him. Well, if if Trump did the same thing, everyone would look through it at the worst possible prism, right? They'd be like, he's a bad dude. I know his intentions. But since Trudeau has this very nice packaging, he's a seemingly nice, polite person who's very attractive, it's like, come on, give him the benefit of the doubt. He's a nice guy trying to do the greater good. Mm-hmm. And that one of the reasons I hate politics, too, is if you turn on CNN, it's all bad stuff about Trump. And if you turn on Fox, it's all good stuff about Trump. For me to actually believe anyone's opinion or actually have a, a real unbiased view, I need for CNN to be like, this is actually a great thing that Trump did. And I need to hear more stuff that's realistic because people aren't all bad or all good. So anytime that anyone says anything about Trudeau, it's usually uh, because they like him already. Mm-hmm. So they're on his side. And if they hate him, like Dan Hamilton, it's like, give him the chair. you know. So <laughs> so it's really hard to get anyone's yeah. real opinion in politics because people are so steadfast on good or bad and like and, where's the middle ground that someone actually like does trump ever do anything good max like i, I know you hate trump
2: no no but the, there are occasions where he inadvertently does things that are good that He'd i hate th- to admit it right well i don't even hate to admit it but i know a lot of people on the left would hate to admit it so it's like for instance a lot of progressives like we need to get out of the middle east and trump is like hey we're leaving the middle east and, and it's, it's aligned. with. They're like, the, it's
0: too soon. It's, it's too, too soon to or you're not listening
2: to the generals. There's a process you need to respect. Yeah. But, but it's like
0: you were just saying. But you were just saying,
2: hey, Obama, can we get the hell out of the yeah. Middle East? And Trump's like, yeah, we're getting out of the Middle East. And so there are occasions, uh, yeah, where uh, the priorities overlap, but no one wants to give credit. You're, you're, mm-hmm. totally, you're totally right that uh, the news organizations have their biases and they are, are tough to give credit where credit's due.
0: After reading Peter Rosenthal's piece and listening to Dan Hamilton, what do you think about Trudeau?
2: Um, as somebody who uh, is uh, liberal-minded and progressive, I'd rather have – I'm, I'm more of a pragmatist. I'd, I, I'd rather have Trudeau, I think, uh, for all of his flaws, in power um, because I do think he, that he does generate a bunch of good stuff, um, as opposed to this scandal taking him down and the conservatives being in power, because I think that's a problem. So, so as, as much as this is problematic, um, it doesn't bother me enough to go, okay, let's call another election, have the liberals voted out, and have the conservatives take over, because I think that's much bigger. Uh, that's
0: a much bigger problem.
1: Right.
3: Well, it's an election year. There's an election, a yeah. federal election in the fall.
0: Well, this is the thing, and I think everybody f- seems to feel that he's toast. Yeah, so yeah. We'll probably this is bad
3: timing for... The liberals.
0: Yeah. So. I, yeah, it's
2: just like one of those things. If you're on the left, you're like, I know you don't like Trudeau. I know he's, he's disappointed you in some ways. I know we should uh, aspire for more. But this but, isn't enough for but you yeah, But yeah, just be careful what you wish for a little bit, is, I guess, is uh, 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 yeah. all I'd warn. All right, right, let's
0: finish with Johnny. Let's finish with, you mean John. i uh, sorry, John. <laughs> uh, uh, so Johnny Manziel is a, I would use the word famous, maybe infamous, uh, football uh, athlete. He was drafted very high. Number two overall? Yeah, Heisman winner. Heisman winner in college. She was drafted by the Cleveland Browns. In college, she had a reputation as a party animal. So I bet you he's been to a few tailgates, actually. <laughs> Full disclosure, I've actually never been to a tailgate. So, so when I was speaking oh on God. it, yeah, you can bring in your own beer, right? I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, so terrified of this beer. corrections thing now that I'm like, hmm, am I speaking probably? And one other thing <laughs> I'd like to clarify before we get to Johnny Manziel. I totally respect uh, the troops and what they do and I think that they're incredibly brave and sometimes we flippantly talk about like uh, I'd go to war I would never do that or I'm a pacifist and it it does sometimes feel like it kind of shits on the fact that people are actually bravely doing stuff that I could never do.
2: Oh, 100%. I just want to make that clear. I could never be it. Exactly an army guy. I, I just not cut out for it. And, but, but I respect people who can do it.
0: hundred no and, percent. And sometimes it's flippant when like, you know, me doing this podcast is like a media guys. Like I'm a pacifist and I, I would only fight if the, the cause was just and all that. It's nah, like, that was a fair point. But in a real, in a real, in real situations, it's like until people sign up and they're ready to go do it. You know what I mean? If everybody had my opinion, no one would be ready to fight when the real problem came. Yeah, I just God. could
1: never try to kill anyone no matter what. But yeah, I do respect the people that are brave enough to you think you kill do somebody
0: it. in the right circumstances.
1: Oh, in in the right circumstances. I just, I don't get the point of war or anything like that. Right. And it's Mm -hmm. probably just... I'm not smart enough to understand it. <laughs> that's Classic just, that, layman. That's, I'm a layman. Uh, so, Mr. Johnny
0: Van Zell, to get back to that, uh, party animal dude. People felt like uh, he might be a risk if you draft him anyway. The guy had a good time in college, but everyone's like, no, he's incredibly talented, and he's a star. He has a certain je ne sais quoi. He's, like a, kind of like a, he's great with the media in a way that like, he's very open and kind of like a bro that you'd want to go on a road trip with.
1: Well, he was, he was beloved because he could party and perform. And if you can do both those things, that's the dream, right?
2: Um, That's the dream.
1: Well, people like like that. If you're a high-functioning party animal, like uh, Gronk is the same way, right? Like, if if Gronk was failing uh, and wasn't producing results, he would be a nightmare. That that is true. In my
0: wedding speech, this is how I referred to Julian, actually. Yeah. As I was talking about him in my wedding party, you know, that it's like... He is like the most staunch, like uh, a working man during the week, and on the weekends it's Julian time, and you wouldn't know that he actually was so good at his job and sort of like a straight laced dude. Mm-hmm. Anyway, though, carry on. So anyway, he uh, they 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 draft him to the uh, Cleveland Browns. He's a abject disaster flames out very quickly. flames out would do weird things like during training like he would sneak to vegas and he would party and uh because he didn't want to be on social media he wore a wig out in a disguise so he partied in vegas and then he'd he'd go back the next day to training camp and then management would be like were you in vegas he's like no 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 so he would just deny till he died deny but then they'd like so funny internet people would be like because he'd be in like people would catch him at the casino he's just had this string of like was he ever caught without the wig on (laughs) <laughs> no, no. Right. Like, he wouldn't go out, I guess, unless he was in disguise mm. for that 12 hours he was in Vegas before he flew back to wherever training camp was. <laughs> wow. So it's like, it's, it's I, funny. his bio I was sort of talk. littered with stories like this. Uh, so he flames out of the NFL. He ends up in the CFL, I believe with the Montreal Alouettes. He was on the Tigers for a minute. Yeah, mm-hmm. but his first game, he threw like seven interceptions. Like, and, you know, like people, the CFL is like, obviously, if you were the top football athlete, you would be in the NFL. So the CFL, although a very good league and people love it, you want to be in the NFL, not the CFL. So if you're in there, you would think, well, Johnny Manziel is going to be better than the other quarterbacks in the CFL because he's coming from the NFL. He's just had some personal problems. Disaster. Mm-hmm. He ended up getting banned from the CFL. No one really kind of knows what went on. I didn't know he got banned. So if you read the piece, it was like he wasn't really interested in elaborating on why he's been banned from the CFL. So he was playing in some other league that I don't even know what it's called, the AFF or something. But it collapsed like two games into him playing for it. Mm. Uh, The league collapsed? Yeah, like Mm. I guess financially they had issues. I don't know if it was like probably a step up from arena football. I don't know. Anyway, long story long. He goes on uh, some uh, talk radio show in the States and he announces that he's no longer Johnny Manziel, but he's now John Manziel. So I don't know if this is the start of like a rehabilitation of his image or like uh, turning a new page. I want to get back in the NFL. I don't know, but it's kind of interesting. Or my party days
2: are behind me. (laughs) No, honestly, (laughs) it's like I'm not a boy anymore. That was Johnny. Yeah, that was high school Johnny. But I
1: wonder if that works. I remember when Ron (laughs) Artest changed his name to Meta World Peace. It was such a drastic change that everyone kind of listened because it was so silly and fun to say Meta World Peace. (laughs) But your name's Mike, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we all call you Mikey. Yeah, yeah. So you don't don't have really a say in what we do. Like everyone just kind of adds a Y to the end. Yeah, that happens. People call me Shaney. Uh, If your name's John, you're going to be called Johnny. No matter what you want the public,
0: to be yeah, called. no,
2: but there are some people that like to be uh, uh, recognized in like their longer form of the name or the, whatever sounds more distinguished. It'd be quite which it funnier say, if
0: he was Jonathan Manzel now.
2: Yeah, that, 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 that's the kind of thing. It's it's like don't call me Rick, call me Richard. You know, yeah, it's, it's like uh, my mom. Uh, <laughs> my full name is Robert Max Kerman, and they started calling me Max before I was even born. Um, and but she put why. R- it was a nickname or something, like while I was in the womb. And then when I came out, they stu- kept calling me Max. And then when I got to kindergarten, my mom went to my teacher and said, can you call him Robert? That's his actual name. And she said, honey, it's way too late. So. Uh, <laughs> Who was your teacher? Yeah, she was cool. <laughs> she did not say honey. Yeah, I didn't
0: think she said honey. Yeah, but it was, it was Oprah from uh, yeah. The Color Purple. It was your teacher. <laughs> Southern waitress. <laughs> was <laughs> not even kindergarten of... um,
2: but my mom was like if you ever become a judge or something distinguished I, you at least have robert in there which, oh. which was her trying to be a little uh,
0: imagine if that was your next step after our kills <laughs>
2: <laughs> the <laughs> honorable
0: robert Kermit,
2: <laughs> and then it'd be like <laughs> then it'd be time to make uh, a, a judgment on the case i'd be like i can't do it i, I quit, quit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Honey, this episode's over.